0: welcome in to the unreasonable odds podcast i am your host julian edlow it is march my co-host steve buchanan knows nothing about basketball uh i know nothing about basketball because it's march madness and underdogs are winning out of nowhere favorites that we don't believe in are coming through and uh, the conference tournament week is off to pretty much as insane of a start as you could imagine. So I bring in a fellow college basketball hoop head, Ben Rasa of Osmo.com, at JazzerazDFS on Twitter to join me and uh, we try and figure out some college hoops, which is pretty much impossible at this stage, as Ben will
1: also tell you. Uh, How you doing, sir? Yeah, no, you summed it up nicely. Uh, I, I don't know, man. I know college tournaments conference tournaments there's always a little wacky some of these teams you know they know this is their only chance this is just insane though uh we're gonna dive into it but these teams come out of nowhere i'm not gonna jump around but miami is running out of players yet they keep winning it's stuff like that each and every day that is mind-boggling right now
0: i did have uh so these days are tough few few losing days to start the week I did have Miami plus nine in the Clemson game after I bet Pitt the day before I learned my lesson from from that one real good. Um, Yes. You were on Pitt as well. Miami looked great. Uh, I didn't sprinkle on any Miami like plus three forty money line in that game because Miami got it outright over Clemson. Now there we might as well just start there since we're, since we're talking Miami uh, in the ACC tournament, which actually we should mention the Duke news uh, right off the top. If there was a a get-right spot for me that I was very confident in, one of my bigger bets this week, I, I played FSU. I wrote it up in my Best Bets article at minus two and a half. On Wednesday night for the Thursday game, wake up Thursday morning, it's at minus four. Beautiful. Great work. Duke, positive COVID case. They were right on the bubble. This win probably would have been the one to get them in if they could have upset FSU. In the tournament, I don't think it was happening. I think minus two and a half was a gift, some recency bias from Duke winning two meaningless games that they should have won, and and then getting lined up with FSU in a bounce back spot off of an embarrassing Notre Dame loss. Uh, but Duke' season's pretty much done now. FSU, I guess, gets the whatever they're on, like a quadruple by now <laughs> into the next round. Um, but, yeah, I mean, any thoughts on does – does this mean anything to you with
1: the cancellation of, of Duke? No, not, I mean, yeah, their season's over. They needed to make a, a run. Um, a, a lot of people said that they needed to get the auto bid. I think if they would have made a run, got lost, say, in the ACC finals, they would have put them in. But beating Louisville is not going to get it done. Uh, nice little win, but that's, that's not it. So that's one less team to worry about. You did mention the Miami game. Yeah, they get Georgia Tech today. That's a weird one. I mean, I, I assume Miami's running on fumes. This is the third game. They only have six scholarship players. I do like Georgia Tech in life, but these teams are dangerous right now, clearly in this conference tournament setting. So Georgia Tech was a team that uh, got a lot of buzz earlier this
0: week to win the ACC tournament. Uh, they were plus 2,000 on DK Sportsbook. They came down to plus 1,000. I still like them at at plus a thousand, I wrote them up in uh, in my my conference tournament winners article. I'm not laying nine and a half against Miami right now. They should get by this game. They should win this game. This is where I would I would hope the road ends for Miami. But I don't hate nine and a half. Like those those guards, uh, McGusty and Wong, are very good. They control the game. I like what Georgia Tech's been doing recently. They have a good backcourt. They have good guards. They have some good size, which is if they get to Miami, it's got to be the size. Miami has like one real big man. And if he gets in any kind of fouls, then you're playing some kid off the bench who is like not even on scholarship <laughs> trying to play center against a Georgia Tech team that's playing really well and has some some big guys. So you look at, you look at this one and like Miami's been – Covering Miami's won three in a row. Uh, they won the last regular season over BC. They're 4-0 and one against the spread in their last five. So they're they're covering. I think they can probably keep this one in single digits, which will get you the cover. But you look at Georgia Tech, six wins in a row. They've covered, what is this? They've covered seven in a row. But over that time span, the largest they've been as a favorite is eight and a half. That was their last game against Wake. Wake is pretty awful um they did beat miami 87 to 60 in that span as a four-point favorite um that makes it tougher to back the hurricanes i i i don't know what to do here i'm 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 baffled
1: yeah i mean it's a spot i'm i'm not going to back miami and there's there's just no chance but i also am not really looking to lay almost double digits this is a game that I'll probably keep an eye on. And if for some reason, you know, and this happens, you know, they're coming in off a double by Miami's been playing, say Miami starts pretty quick. Uh, I might look to shave a couple points off and, and jump on Georgia tech. Cause I do think that they win this game and win it somewhat comfortably. It just seems like a pretty reasonable line. So if I can steal Georgia tech, you know, minus six, minus seven, something like that, I'd be much more prone to do it. I do think they move on, but I'm also, you know, you can't, you look at the money line, it, it's very, very juicy. You're not going to go there. So you're kind of frozen out unless you think that Miami can keep it close. And I'm not exactly sold on that just yet.
0: Yeah, uh, Georgia Tech Live would definitely be something that would interest me if Miami does continue some of that momentum in the first half, maybe yeah. go to Tech a little rusty. Uh, that's somewhere that you can interest me. Um Let's go over some of these early games quickly with kind of that same mentality, because I think this will be coming out in the afternoon. Some of these games might be live, but let's just give our leans, say where we're at. And um, if you have the time to fire on them, you can. If you want to get a better number in game, great. Um, Quickly, these two 1130 games, big 1130 games, Michigan State, Maryland, Oklahoma State, West Virginia, uh, Michigan State's. One-and-a-half-point dog against Maryland. I kind of like them coming in hot, and they're also coming off a loss to Maryland, which I think people are looking at and maybe leaning to Maryland here. I I think that Michigan State's momentum is as a tournament coach. That's a place to go. Um, And the value is on West Virginia. The revenge narrative is on West Virginia after that loss. But Oklahoma State just keeps doing it. They're the real deal. They're going to have Cunningham back. They're going to have both guys that were hurt on Saturday back. West uh, West Virginia is a growing favorite. If I can get like four or five points in game with, with Oklahoma State, I'm pretty cool with that.
1: That game, pain point. I, I hit that before the Cunningham News on Saturday. They outshot them. They out-free-throwed them. And I credit to Oklahoma State. Talk about a scrappy team. Um, no likely, and, and they still got there. I want to just echo what you said, though. Michigan State, uh, I like them as well. Just looking at that game, Yeah, Maryland did smoke them in College Park. Michigan State was 8 of 28 from 3 in that game, 28%. Maryland shot 50% from 3. Maryland shot 96% from the free throw line, 23 of 24. Uh, Maryland shot basically 50% from the field. Michigan State 33%. So, you know, obviously that's some credit to Maryland's defense. I don't think we see that here. I do think we see that Michigan State has found something, not just because they beat Michigan, just in general. They've looked better. Uh, You're going to give me a a point, point and a half. Uh, I would gladly take that. Uh, I definitely want a position on Michigan State, uh, even if I get it live. All right, there we go. Uh, Noon games
0: really quick. The most interesting ones, uh, Syracuse and Virginia. Syracuse shot the lights out from three against NC State. Virginia is now a five and a half point favorite. I think this one opened four and a half. Uh, Virginia Syracuse can be some weird games some grinders sometimes um, totals at 130 anything you're looking at in that one
1: not really you know Virginia is just so difficult they put the stranglehold on them obviously they're going to play good defense it's going to come down to how they shoot I mean going up against the zone probably a methodical game I do think Virginia wins Uh, not the one game I'm just going to jump around to the other noon game what are you going to do with... So, I think one of the big question marks leading into March Menace is, is how many players does Villanova have left? Uh, they are down both now. Galipsi's gone. Moore is gone. Georgetown is taking money, as I think we all knew they would in this game. It's down to six and a half. They looked pretty good let- yesterday against Marquette. I-, I think it's more a question of where is Villanova at without their entire backcourt. Yep. I... I... I'm leaning
0: towards Georgetown here. Uh, Even if we lose some of the value, you didn't get it the night before in points. Uh, Georgetown can play very well. Georgetown's won some big games, upset some big games in the East this season. I'm a little worried on the narrative that everybody's down on Villanova and they can maybe rally around that. They have the coach. They're still a talented team. Uh, But doubling down on those injuries, like they came out flat after uh, Gillespie got hurt and then they lose another key piece of, of what they do. The one thing that I like, if you want to play like narrative or try and try and put yourself in the locker room with Villanova is Jay Wright basically saying we don't look like a Villanova basketball team this year. Um, and he said, it's nobody's fault. He's not attacking his players or anything, but he said, we don't look like a Villanova basketball team. Maybe that was to light a fire under his team, but it seemed more like waving the white flag to me and saying like, Hey, when we get upset in this big East tournament, don't blame me. Um, so like there, there's a reason Creighton and Yukon are, are favored over Villanova in this, in this bracket. So I, I don't know if Georgetown is necessarily going to upset them, but I think this game's going to come down to a wire um, down to the wire Georgetown is a team with some length, a pretty good team um, that can, I think, bother Villanova
1: when playing shorthanded. Yeah, I mean, Villanova is built on three-point shooting. That's how they get it done. And in the game that they just played against Georgetown, they won by 10, they shot 50% from three, 95% from the line, and no small reason in that Moore and Galipsy were a big part of that. So It's a, it's just a, you know, I think it's a straight personnel issue right now with Villanova. They don't have their players and it's very difficult. Um, Still a dangerous team, but Georgetown, I'm going to just agree with what you said. It's not been a ceiling. It's been a sustainability issue. They flashed multiple times this year where I've, I've watched them and I said, wow, this team's actually a lot better than I thought. The problem is they have lulls. Um, If they play like that, they're going to get killed, but they have the ability to beat anyone in the big east on any given day it's just i don't think they can run through three or four games we're not talking about that though we're just talking about covering this number yeah and
0: like georgetown didn't even shoot well and just dominated marquette who did nothing so like if if georgetown can play that way defensively against a shorthanded villanova team that's what's going to keep them in this one and and get them that cover uh all right last noon game before we get to some ones that will actually be before tip off by the time you're listening to or watching this I kind of want Kentucky minus three against Mississippi state. I kind of want to buy into the talent coming alive in the sec tournament and saying, Hey, we can, we can rally and steal a bid here.
1: Yeah. I mean, you see this, this is more in my, my land of when you have the small conferences, you know, these teams know that no matter what you really do in the regular season, it comes down to the conference tournament. And you see so many teams kind of flip a switch, not that they can just turn it on, but they rally and, Crazy enough, Kentucky is in that bucket this year. They've known for a while now that really it's going to come down to making a run right now. They can't get an at-large bid. They've known that for a while. The pieces are there. They kind of remind me, not in style of Georgetown, but what we just talked about. Kentucky has flashed. We've seen times where it says, oh, wow, the talent is still there, just not sustainable. So looking against a team, Mississippi State, I'm kind of indifferent to in life. I don't have a strong take on how good they really are. Uh, I do think that Kentucky's upside – you know this. This I wouldn't be stunned to see the spread keep moving before it tips. I do think they survive in advance today. All
0: right, let's get into some larger games later in the day. Scrolling through the board, um, here is a two thirty one in the pack twelve. And oh, first of all, before we even leave the Big East, underdogs went three and zero straight up in the Big East. Yeah, the on So like what? Yeah, I. Who knows what's going to happen uh, on Thursday in these games. But let's go to the Pac-12 where more upsets were, were going on. I don't – the Arizona State-Washington State game was a pick but I, I had Washington State there, ugly ending. Stanford, six-point favorite, closes like eight and a half <laughs> um, with uh, – De Silva. His name? De Silva, the senior leader in Cal's best score. Matt Bradley ruled out – Doesn't matter. Perfect. They lose by 18 to Cal. Uh, ridiculous late night Pac-12 game. that Probably not a lot of people watched Oregon, Arizona state today, nine point spread. I don't necessarily have anything on this game. I just thought Oregon was good value to win the Pac-12, even with the number going down and them being favored uh, pretty heavily. They just have to beat Arizona state as a, as a pretty big favorite, win another game that they will be heavily favored. Then you got them at plus money in the, in the final.
1: Yeah, I mean, Oregon's just good. Uh, No doubt about it. They can really shoot. You know, they lost a lot and they've filled it with, you know, credit to them. Really brought in some talent. Extreme offense. Pretty methodical. I do worry about their defense in general. But against, I think this game is prime for how Oregon wants to play. 147-ish total. Um, That's a good style for them. Arizona State likes to get up and down. Tough spread, Uh, you know, looking at it. I, I don't have a strong take on the game. I do think they're primed to be there in the end we'll talk about colorado who is my favorite team in the pac-12 though Uh, i think they're a very dangerous team that's going to cause problems for everybody else
0: all right before we get to colorado another pac-12 game this one i like i have a play on i wrote it up in best bets oregon state and ucla um five point spread i i like the beavers give me the five points Uh, this is a team that's come on late in the season in the PAC 12. They were not good early, but they have been good of late. Um, these two teams met the last time they met, it was at UCLA. Bruins were a double digit favorite. Uh, Oregon state covered the game. They lost by five. Uh, but this was, you know, at a different point, different stage in, in the season. And, it, the score was fifty-seven to fifty-two, which I like. This is going to be a grinded-out game. Not as many possessions, uh, good for an underdog, obviously. And you look at uh, you look at what happened down the stretch. Oregon State lost the last regular season the game to Oregon, who is a very good team. That's a a reasonable loss, not a bad loss at all. Prior to that, Oregon State had won four of five games, and we're on a seven and zero against the against the spread streak. Um, UCLA comes into the Pac-12 tournament on a three game losing streak. Now they were underdogs in all three games. They lost to like the best three teams in the conference pretty much. Uh, but maybe that takes some momentum away. Um, I, I just think, I don't necessarily know if Oregon state wins the game or not. I just think this is, is kind of destined to be a, a close game.
1: I think we see this in a lot of conferences. It's just, you got a team or two that to me is above the rest and everybody else is pretty interchangeable. Um, and when you're getting, you know, more than a couple points, it's always somewhat appealing, and I, I UCLA as a team, I thought they won a lot of fortunate games over the year, and then they played some of the better teams, and naturally they regressed. I, I just don't really know how to accurately peg these teams, and when you get in those situations, I tend, if I had to take a side, I did not bet this game, but if I did, I would take the points just because I have these teams pretty jumbled together in a slow, methodical game uh, should stay close, and that's going to lean at least to give Oregon State an opportunity. Yep. Um, let's
0: go to, let's go to your PAC 12 team and talk Colorado here. That is the, the late night game, Colorado, yeah. California, Cal coming off the, uh, how many points away from the spread was that we're getting many between 25 and like 30, we're getting way up there. Um,
1: 14 point favorites. Yeah. That's the problem.
0: Like <laughs> that is a problem.
1: I, I don't know what you can do there, but I do want to just give a quick plug to this team. They're certainly going to be dancing. I think they're very live to win the Pac-12, and I think they're live. We're going to see what the bracket looks like to cause some damage. McKinley Wright is unbelievable. They are, and I know you'll like this because we back Creighton a lot. Colorado is the number one free throw shooting team in the entire country, eighty-three and a half percent. So when Love they get that. ahead, you're not—it's impossible. They've got multiple guys that shoot it at an extreme clip. They do not give games away. And in a tournament setting, that is the type of things you need. I don't think they'll need that today against Cal, but when they play a team like Oregon, they play USC. If they play someone, you know, very good in the bracket, being able to close is huge. And they have an all American guard in in rights. So this is a team that I'm primed to think is very dangerous in the coming weeks. I agree with you. I think that uh, Colorado and Oregon are probably
0: the two most dangerous teams, um, which leaves uh, USC out of the mix. A popular team there, what seven, seven and a half point favorites over Utah. Um, anything there
1: in the Pac-12? Not for me. I mean, zero
0: take on that game. Yeah,
1: same. They're they're they are a talented team, but I I also have them behind Colorado and Oregon.
0: Okay. Um, then we move on. So, so many conferences to. <laughs> to talk about honestly, I don't even know where to go. Let's we've already done most of the ACC, so we have one ACC game left now because of the cancellation. So, UNC walloped uh, Notre Dame, they walloped. were up 50 at one point in time. They are now three and a half point favorites against Virginia Tech. Um, I think that game just showed us, reminded us, hey, UNC still has this isn't Duke, like Duke had a really bad year, now they're completely irrelevant. But. People still talk about them because they're Duke. Uh, North Carolina has talent to, you know, be a second weekend team, win a couple games in the tournament, Um, and people were down on them. I think that game kind of reminded us of that. And Virginia Tech's good. I like Virginia Tech, but I I tend to think that UNC is going to keep rolling in the ACC
1: right now. Yeah, they're playing good ball. I mean, both those teams are going to be, I don't know, maybe like, I'd say a seven to a 10-ish seed, and they're going to play, if they survive their first game, they're going to be playing one of the top-end teams, and I, I would assume you're not going to be thrilled if you're uh, you know, Michigan or Villanova or whoever, if you see North Carolina coming down in that second game. They're a dangerous team, and Virginia Tech is dangerous. Both these teams are explosive offensively. I think I lean to North Carolina. Again, not one of my favorites. There's still enough games today where – you know, I'm, I'm picking my spots and you have a lot of options, but that spread feels about right.
0: Yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you there. That's not a – Virginia Tech isn't a team that's going to let what happened to Notre Dame happen to them no. uh, in their first ACC game. Uh, let's run through a couple of Big East games. We still have a few left on that side. <clears throat> I think this one's interesting. The 3 o'clock game, Seton Hall and St. John's. Uh, Seton Hall was a popular play, I would say. Got a lot of line movement on Saturday. Lost to St. John's. Um, yes. Now St. John's is at MSG and an underdog again in this game. I kind of lean to uh, Seton Hall's taking money, but I kind of lean to St. John's here uh, again, given the, the the situation.
1: So this is a weird one. Uh, I was on Seton Hall. In that game on Saturday, I felt like a genius because they started the game 18-0. Yep. And I was like, okay, beautiful. This is what I need. Uh, Obviously, it was not to be. It's tricky, though. I mean, St. John sh- shot unbelievable. 52% from the field, 45% from three, 81% from the line. Everything else kind of was pretty even across the board. This is a straight this is a tournament game. This is elimination, I think, all the way through. Both these teams are squarely on the bubble, and I'd say they're squarely probably on the outside looking in. Uh, Seton Hall has lost four straight. I, I kind of lean to them to get some revenge here against the, uh, the Bonnies, The Red Storm, I, I, I do think that maybe the shooting regresses. They've done a lot of good things. They've got the, the horses. There's no doubt about it. They just need to shoot better from three. I think they do that today. The spread has moved a little bit. I still kind of like it, though. I will lay the points with Seton Hall. All right, that's why. That's why these games are so tough. Um, I I kind of like
0: like I want Seton Hall, but given like St. John's has the momentum, I think from the matchup almost coming back yeah. from that, and I think some of that momentum could come into this game early, and then it being at MSG, like Seton Hall is a local school too, but MSG is kind of St. John's. Jim. I, I don't know. I'm probably not going to bet that game. Um, speaking of games with 18 point deficits and the other team coming back, Xavier, who needed, needed, needed a win yesterday was up 19 on Butler. So of course they lost in overtime and now Butler plays Creighton. Uh, Creighton is a 10 point favorite in that one. I'm not touching anything. Creighton should win and most likely get Yukon in the next round because just to go to the next game, Yukon is like a 13 point favorite. 12 and a half point favorite over DePaul. Um, I'm not betting either of these games. I'd be shocked if either of the favorites lost anything different to say about either of those.
1: No, I mean, I don't really, <laughs> I don't understand what Xavier was doing yesterday. DePaul is another team that it, Bizarro wins Connecticut of all these teams. We're talking about four teams here. Connecticut is on the upswing book Knight is back. They are healthy Creighton, of course, has an unknown with the controversy, and they had problems before that just in general. I've backed them a lot this year, extremely you know explosive. their problem. They can't shoot free throws, and let's pull up the numbers because it's quite, yeah, three, <laughs> 321st in the country. I'm sure most people are saying, how was that possible? I didn't know there was that many teams. Yeah, that's right. They're, they're that far down. Um, it, it's a killer, and they're they up in a lot of games, and they cannot sustain it. They're a good three-point shooting team but I don't get it. I do think they'll get past Butler today, but Connecticut is extremely dangerous with the way they're playing in life.
0: I I like Connecticut in the, in the big East a lot, just to come Mm -hmm. out of the conference Um, and Creighton, like this is the worst spot to back Creighton because they have all the talent, but as a 10 point favorite, they're going to be put on the free throw line late. If this game (laughs) goes anywhere near how we think it is like anything in that Window uh, that this game should be says that Butler's going to be fouling Creighton late, and you don't want to be on Creighton if that's the situation because they cannot make free throws for their lives. Um, all right, here is uh, let's go into the SEC, I guess, where I don't have many takes today. Like Kentucky in that early game would be more of a play for me. Georgia, Missouri, six and a half point spread, I got nothing. South Carolina, Mississippi, about a seven point spread, got nothing if anything, I might be interested in Vandy plus seven and a half against Florida. Um, I backed them on the money line and pretty much a pick them, uh, against, uh, who was that Texas A&M on, on Wednesday night. And they, they almost blew it, but they came through. Um, that would be anything if I had a, a different bet outside of Kentucky in the sec today.
1: Don't like a lot either. Um, Probably wouldn't advocate to do this, but if for some reason you're saying I, I want to put together some type of, I don't want to lay the points. I feel pretty confident that Missouri will get it done. Um, they're just a, a battle tested, good team. I, they're kind of like LSU in my mind who we'll certainly see tomorrow, but them against Georgia, I think they, they get it done, but six and a half is that type of number. I, I feel like it will be that type of game, low variance style. So for some reason you're putting something together. I think they are a good addition. Um, but that's a, that's a totally different topic. And these games, very even teams uh, across the board in the SEC. Um, I think the only
0: major conference that we have left is the big 12, which I did on purpose because we have like three conference championship type caliber games in there today. And one of them we talked about in the early window is that Oklahoma state, West Virginia game, The one that is not a championship game caliber game is going to be Baylor mopping the floor with Kansas state as 20 point favorites. Before we go to the two later games, do you have anything to say about that? Um, Like, do you think it's a Baylor team total over like type of game? I'm not laying the 20. Do you have any interest in that? I assume not.
1: No. Uh, The only thing to say is Baylor. I mean, they're back. They had a lull. They had some issues. They are back. They're the best three point shooting team in the country. Butler I think you could argue is the best player in the country they've got everything you need they're going to win today the question is just by how much it doesn't really matter yes all right these
0: are two very interesting games Oklahoma's path here became a lot easier uh, with the situation going on with Kansas, uh, McCormick, big man out COVID, uh, issues. He does a lot for them. He is a very key piece and they're a little bit deeper at guard. I just don't know who can replace what McCormick does for Kansas, which I think makes it the, the biggest deal for them. Um, Oklahoma was a three point dog. I think they're down to two and a half. This is money's coming in on Oklahoma. I, agree uh they needed to play last night they here's the thing they played late um that game ended at like 11 12 and now they're at a 6 30 game against kansas so kind of a quicker turnaround off of a game where iowa state surprisingly pushed them to the to the end i just i don't like this spot for kansas i'll, I'll take oklahoma on the money line out outright here to beat kansas
1: yeah, Kansas it's not a good spot you mentioned this but really just digging into their roster they only have two real bigs uh, and one of them of course is McCormick. I guess they'll throw Lightfoot in but like he that is not logging him with heavy minutes is really not ideal for them. Maybe they play small but against a team like Oklahoma who certainly has got plenty of, plenty of experience. They got guys they're one of these teams now. These guys have been there forever. Um I do lean to them in this game. I think both teams, of course they got, they'd like to make a run, I'm sure, but they got bigger priorities than this game. They're going to be squarely in the tournament. Uh, but Oklahoma is a dangerous team. You know, Baylor it's theirs to lose like any game in the big 12, but Oklahoma is one of the teams that certainly could challenge them.
0: Yeah. And not necessarily that Oklahoma will, will challenge them, but it just gives them if they can get past a, you know, they're still underdogs against Kansas, but mm-hmm. it, They would be much larger underdogs if this situation had not uh, come up. So whoever, let's say they can get through that game. Here's a a very interesting game. I think between Texas tech and Texas, Texas tech is favored by a point and a half in this game. They beat Texas both times in the regular season, I think. Right. So these
1: games have been, this conference is tough. These talk about interchangeable teams.
0: Yes. Uh, Interchangeable teams that are like, at the top of college basketball. Like these are these are very good teams. I kind of lean to Texas here as the as the underdog. I think they get it done this time around. I think they see that opening that if they can get past this one, they'll be a favorite against Oklahoma, I would assume, um maybe even a favorite against Kansas and be able to get into the, the championship game against Baylor, you, you would think unless Baylor slips up against Oklahoma state or, uh, or West Virginia, I lean to Kansas as an underdog. uh, Sorry. I lean to Texas as an underdog in that one as well. So I'm I'm liking these small dogs in the later games and it partially ties into what you said. Like these teams are so close. These teams are so good. Uh, Just, just give me the plus
1: money or give me the points. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of that. I mean, you're just looking at these teams. I don't see a huge difference. And you're looking for small edges. Digging into the problem for Texas, it's been like most teams against Texas Tech. They really weren't able to manufacture much, especially in the recent game from behind the arc and and looking at one of their key players in, in Courtney Ramey. He was one for 10 in that game. In the first game, he was 5 of 14. They just need better play from their backcourt. I do think they get it today. I always have trouble backing Texas Tech just because they're so reliant they're methodical and their defense is great, but late in these games and they all tend to be close. They don't really, to me, have that guy where it's like, okay, he's just going to go and get a bucket. And that's a tough tough one. What McClung. Yeah. Yeah. Your boy, George could use him today. Um, (laughs) Yeah. I I just, I don't know. I don't trust that offense nearly as much. I like Texas. I like these guard dominant teams in tournament settings and games like this. People say this all the time and, and the stats, you know, to beat a, three, a team three times, I don't, that's not a thing. We, we've seen the stats bear that out. Uh, of course, Texas Tech could beat them again. I just, I do slightly lean to Texas in the game though. All right. Well, we're on the same page there. Um, before we
0: talk kind of overarching, uh, you know, themes and get out of here, I need to give you the stage for, for your neck <laughs> of the woods. You know, I give you credit. We covered all the major conferences, but you love to dumpster dive into these small conferences, dig through the numbers. Um, I'm doing NBA stuff too. I don't have time to look at the, the.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I don't even who plays today, Alcorn state and Texas Southern. I don't have time to look at that. Uh, yes, you do. Um, is do. there anything in these, uh, these smaller <laughs> conferences, smaller games that, that jump out to you, whether it be today on Thursday or, or down the line over the weekend.
1: So I'm going to point out two teams and then one side today. Uh, incrementally getting worse. So Colorado State is a a true mid-major. I think a lot of people are familiar with them out of the Mountain West. Just a dangerous team. Uh, They play Fresno State tonight. I do think they get by them. Spread feels about right. So just keep an eye on them. Similar situation in Conference USA. Western Kentucky is a real team. They've got some bigs. They've got experience. Seven-point favorite against Texas San Antonio today. I expect them to breeze on by. I expect them to be in the tournament and be a team that people don't want to see, but for today, this is where we get, this is right in your wheelhouse in the Southland conference. Mm. So the, a lot of teams are bunched. Stephen F. Austin is one of the more dangerous teams, but they are banned. So they're not in the tournament. They can't play. It sets the stage for possibly Abilene Christian who we'll see tomorrow, but Sam Houston state plays today. And to me, they're extremely dangerous. They are at home in this game. They have a player in Zach Nuttall who most people probably haven't heard of. And this kid is re- really good. Uh, a legit guard, certainly going to dominate averaging almost 20 points a game, six boards junior. They play Lamar today. It's only eight and a half. I think Sam Houston state absolutely crushes them. They have bigger and better things to do. It's going to be them, Abilene Christian Nichols state, who again, we'll see tomorrow, but looking at that game, Uh, these conferences, the depth is so different. You know, Julian, we were just talking about like the difference between DePaul and the top of the Big East, you know, there's a difference, but it's not huge. The difference between the bottom and the top of a conference like the Southland is gigantic. Uh, And teams like Lamar, they're they're just not in the category of a Sam Houston State. And I I really think in a tournament setting, uh, Sam Houston wins this going away today. Sam Houston State minus eight and a
0: half. Uh, What can go wrong? Yeah, exactly.
1: I mean, Easy <laughs> so, game, right?
0: Um, actually, one more thing before we go to to the rest of the weekend, uh, because we are both A-10 guys. Oh, um, you are a UMass Minuteman. I am a Rhode Island Ram. Those guys are out. But we have the A-10 championship after, like, a week layoff uh, on, on Sunday. What do we have? Last I looked, yeah, this is a two-point spread on DK Sportsbook vcu a, a two-point dog um do you know where they're playing this game mm. i should look that up because it was at vcu the tournament but yeah the tournament was but but i think it moved now DBM championship Dude, let's um, take a look st bonaventure is the best best team in the in the conference two-point favorites here minus 136 on the money line uh let's see where they're playing but do you have any the take on you? the a10 final
1: it says UD Arena. Uh, oh, they're playing in Dayton.
0: Okay, right, right, right. So, so a real new, a real neutral court here for for the Bonnies and the other Rams.
1: It's a conference that, yeah, you mentioned. We're both uh, our teams have been in there, and I, I certainly follow it pretty closely. I've really struggled all year because I've been adamant that St. Louis was the best team, and clearly. For a lot of reasons, COVID and others, they, they did not look good. And St. Bonaventure absolutely crushed them. Talent team, I, I just find myself leading to VCU. And I don't know if there's still some allure from the old VCU and, you know, with Shaka Smart and that that iteration of them. But just the way they play, they're so aggressive. Bones Island's amazing. They have, you know, I think the best player in the conference. And St. Bonaventure's a, a very talented team. We've seen that. I just lean again to these backcourts with VCU. I think they have everything that you need. Tough game wouldn't be remotely stunned if either of them win this game. And that's why it's a close spread. I would take VCU if I had to take a position.
0: All right, there you go. I I think this is a tough one. I was almost hoping VCU was at home and I would back them. Now it makes it a little tougher on me. I I'm, I am kind of buy – I'm buying into what St. Bonaventure did this year to be the top good team, team. In, in the conference, and they've been kind of getting slighted in these games. Like you said, an underdog against uh, St. Against Louis, who is a very good team. I, I went with the Bonnies there. They came through. Um, we'll see about this game. It's. I'm interested to see if it moves at all before Sunday. Um, but just getting into – futures here i guess like you can still bet most of the major conferences um on on bk sportsbook even while their the tournaments are ongoing do you have any strong takes about a team that you like to win a conference do you have any strong takes on let's see do you have any strong takes on you can still bet on teams to to make the tournament um duke hmm. got yanked they're gone now <laughs> um, yeah that's some, a good one yeah, some some tournament seeding, like one that I like. I think you can get you can get Arkansas at minus 139 to be a a three seed or better. Um, I don't think they're gonna wind up falling to a four seed, especially if they win a couple games in the in the SEC. Um anything conference tournament wise jump out to you.
1: So I think for for me, uh there are teams particularly. I, I did mention Colorado State who's squarely on the bubble. Um <laughs> think they're live to make a run something like that but sticking with the bigger conferences uh to me the most wide open is the sec i i think there's a a lot of schools that are primed to to do something there i guess alab you know alabama arkansas and those teams but it's not to say that the teams playing today can't do it uh the conference i think is the most closed per se would be the pac 12 I, i really do believe it's between oregon and colorado um i don't think that those teams playing today outside of those two are really live to do stuff the big e situation's a mess because villanova's crushed all the value a a lot of these teams have really shot down uconn i guess uh if you strongly believe but there's some stuff out there i tend to look to maybe manufacture it game over game with some of these just because it's so in flux with covid so many things are happening it's hard to get a an in-depth position if you have to win three or four games agree um i'll say this i think i think
0: illinois being out there at plus 275 to still win the big 10 yeah, is very good, good value they the week that they just had i would argue is as good a week as any team has had in college basketball this season i think all three of those were road wins at wisconsin at michigan at ohio state um without getting much more in- impressive than
1: that yeah. And they were without AO in some of those games. Yeah, exactly. Like it they, doesn't get better than that. So they're, they're a team right now that, you know, everybody plugged
0: Michigan is like the third best team. And obviously Gonzaga and Baylor, Illinois might be on that level when they, when they play their best with their guys. Like, I think they're a team that just odds wise, you can get the best money on right now. I don't see why they're not going to be that fourth, maybe third leapfrogging Michigan, number one seed. And uh, really be in there contending in in the final four or a championship game.
1: So there's one conference that's really not on the board, but I want to ask you before we bounce on out. What do you make? Because a lot of people think this could be the third best team. What do you make of Houston, who is extremely battle tested? They're incredibly good defensively. They smother teams. They know what they're doing. They're probably going to be a two seed. Uh, How dangerous do you think they are? I think they're good.
0: I think they have a, a high ceiling, but they're a two seed that I want to see if I'm a three seed or if I'm the one seed, uh, in, in my conference, I want them in there. Uh, and it's not really disrespect to Houston, but it's just, I would rather see them than Alabama or Iowa or whoever else, uh, whoever else may, may wind up there. Um, and I, I really do think like the, the four expected number one seeds are, are the best teams by a pretty wide margin. I think there's a big margin to these teams that we start to talk about at, at two, but I, I would rather see Houston than, than the other teams that we're expecting to get that, that two seed. I think they're just more beatable. Uh, and you kind of want to see the teams that haven't been as tested recently by, uh, by teams as good, which also means if you're a two seed, maybe you want to see Gonzaga because we've got yeah we've got Baylor going to overtime at West Virginia we've got Illinois having the week they just had on the road like Gonzaga didn't actually hasn't had that in a long time and I think it was great that they got pushed to the limit had to dig deep late to beat BYU I think that helps Gonzaga going into the tournament but it's not the same as going to overtime at West Virginia
1: no no doubt i mean you can't manufacture that Gonzaga may just be too good and we're going to find that out. But yeah. if, but if they're not, it's certainly not good to go in undefeated. I, I don't think there's an argument there. You, you learn and it's better to take some lumps along the way. Now, if they blow everybody out and they're that good, it won't matter. But that's, that's a, uh, that's going to be tough. It's, it's a very fascinating year. I mean, there's teams, Houston, Loyola, Chicago up there. Winthrop only has one loss. You're going to see outrageous mid majors, uh, blurs the lines, it's always wide open, but this year feels like it's even more in disarray for some reason. I mean, it is. Um, and you're exactly right on
0: Gonzaga. Like they haven't been tested and we're about to find out, you know, does that matter that they haven't had that test or are they simply too good and they will, they will get it done anyway when they, when they need to get it done. Um, I will have plenty more podcasts before uh, the tournament actually starts, so I don't have to get pinned down and give an answer here. You won't be on this podcast again before sure. the tournament starts. So uh, we don't even have a bracket. You have 100% right to uh, change this, but I'm going to make you pick. you got to pick your champion right now. Your champion, your favorite champion, who you think is going to win the
1: tournament and your favorite bet, which can be different given given the odds. And they're, they're vastly different because I'm, I'm going to cop out I truly believe that Gonzaga is that good. I think they're going Thank to you. run through everybody and I wouldn't coach them in the betting market with a 10 foot pole. Um, simple as that. The team that I I'm looking to in the betting market is Colorado. I think that they're very live to make a run. You've talked extensively about this, uh, you know, with to- with the golden boy, you don't have to hedge out when you've got Tampa futures, but you've mentioned to me in the past when we did some shows You're always primed to, uh, you know, you lock that in at really good odds and then you can unload smallly, take some profit. That's what I plan to do with Colorado. I mean, they're sitting at a very lucrative number and you can even talk about them getting out of a region potentially winning the whole thing is probably far fetched, but they're the type of team to me that if you're looking to uh, maybe roll the dice and we'll see where the bracket comes out, I'm going to probably take Colorado to really make some noise in this tournament. If I had not hedged my 10,
0: <laughs> I would have made so much more money uh, on that magical run by the golden boy uh, that you, that you speak of, but real quick on DK Sportsbook, Colorado plus 5,000 to win it all. But we don't think that's going to happen. Plus 1150 to reach the final four. Yeah, that's four wins. That's something you can take at, at big money and, and start to hedge out of with just a sweet 16 appearance type of deal. Uh, So that's exactly what you're, what you're talking about there. Um, And I do agree with you Uh, right now. I'm, I'm with Gonzaga winner and all. I do have plus a thousand tickets on Gonzaga. So I have some, some rooting interest there and we'll see uh, we'll see if some hedging comes, comes along the way. Um, But so much college basketball going on right now, all day Thursday. Hopefully that gave you guys something uh and and some other plays over the weekend ben rossa of osmo.com you can follow him on twitter at JazzrazDFS. he has some fantastic content over there for college hoops and all sorts of things um thank you for joining me hopefully we can both get back on track after a uh not the best of starts to conference tournament
1: that's correct this is going to change the mojo a lot of games uh tournament is just getting started so fun to talk as always man we'll do it again soon He's Ben,
0: I'm Julian. This is the Unreasonable Odds Podcast presented by DraftKings. Kings. Good luck guys.
1: Sick of being upsold at gyms?